So it's 1998, I'm 22 years old. And at this time I'm absconding from parole, which basically means I've been running and not checking in with my parole agent because I had this bright idea that, you know, since it's CYA, they can hold you to your 25. I figured I can run until I'm 25 and, you know, never have to do time. But, you know, that was the immature and, you know, and the stupid way of thinking when I was that age. So that's what I was doing. So I wasn't checking in with my pro officer. I had been running for a few months now. So I needed places to stay. I was trying to stay off the streets. I was, you know, trying to be out the way so I didn't have no police contact or anything like that. I had made a couple trips to Hawaii, was thinking about moving out there, but somehow ended back, you know, back in, in Vacaville where all this took place. So on this particular day, me and my girl, we're, we're driving around town, we're driving around Vacaville. We had stayed in a hotel, you know, for a couple nights. Money ran out, so we're, we're basically just driving around town and trying to figure out where the hell I'm gonna stay for the night, you know, so I could stay off the streets and stay out the way. Well, every once in a while, I would stay at a friend of mine's named JP, and he would let me crash there for a little bit, just him and his girl lived there. So I figured, you know, if worse comes to worse, I'll go to JP's house, but I'm really not trying to go there. Too many people come over there, too much shit goes down over there, you know what I mean? And it just wasn't my idea of staying out the way. So me and my girl were driving around and, and you know, for a while and I can't figure out anywhere else to go. And she, you know, getting mad at me, talking about she got to go to work. So, you know, she had to drop me off somewhere. So finally I just said, fuck it, drop me off JP's house. So I was hella mad about that shit. And, um, but you know, we had to do what we had to do. She had to drop my daughter off at her parents' house so they can watch her while she's at work because we didn't want my daughter over there with me. Just too much shit going on. So she takes me to JP's house. You know, we pull up there, I hop out the car and uh, say bye to my daughter and say bye to my lady and shit. And as she's driving off, she looks at me out the window and she yells at me and says, don't be drinking tonight. I'm just like, whatever. You know, I was still pissed that I had to go over here. So I walk up to JP's house, knock on the door, and um, he answers the door, he lets me in, and uh, him and his girl are there. And he tells me, uh, we was just about to cut out right now, we are about to go get something to eat and go watch a movie or whatnot, but you cool to stay here if you want. He was cool about that, you know what I mean? So I was like, cool, he's all, but I don't want hella motherfuckers over at the house, you know, me and my girl tripping, we're just trying to kick it, you know what I'm saying? So. I was like, cool. So he cuts out, him and his girl cut out and I'm left there at the house by myself. I'm just chilling, watching TV. And I'm telling you, not even five minutes later, man, there's a knock on the door. So I go to the door, I open the door and it's Chris. And uh, he, co he comes in, he's got a case of beer on him. It's like a 24 pack of beer or some shit like that or 21 pack, I forget. But he brings in a pa pack of beer and we start chilling and we start talking about what, what's on the agenda for the night. He had planned on hooking up with some girls that night. So, you know, and I had knew the same girls he knew. So I was like, what's up? Can I kick it? You know what I mean? I'm trying to crash at his house cause I'm not trying to stay over here at JP's house, you know? 
So he's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. You know what I mean? He's, it's not till later on though, you know? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's still early in the day. You know, it's still around like four or five o'clock. So we're chilling, we, we over there drinking, we got the music on now, you know what I mean? And uh, there was another knock on the door about 20 minutes later. So I go to the door, I open up the door and it's another uh, friend of mine. Both of these guys are my, like my childhood friends, but it's another friend of mine that I know and that Chris knows, Damon. So Damon comes in, he sits down, starts popping some brews with us, you know what I mean? We start drinking, we're just talking and shit. Damon talking about, man, maybe he'll come kick it with us or whatever, but he's chilling for the moment, you know, until we bounce out or whatever. So we're sitting there drinking. And um, and like I said, man, this house, people just be coming through all the time. Not even 20 minutes later, maybe another 20 minutes later, there's another knock on the door. So I get up, I answer the door and it's Mike and Kevin. And um, these dudes, I, I really didn't know them too much. I kind of knew uh, Mike from, you know, just from around certain people. I had bought some weed from him a couple times. So, you know, but we weren't like homies or nothing. We didn't kick it or anything like that. So he was with his friend, Kevin. So they come in and they also got like a 24 pack of beer with them. And so we kicking it now. We, we over here, we're drinking, but only pretty much the only people that are really, really drinking is me, Damon, Chris, and that's it. I think Mike's homie, Kevin, he was over there drinking a little bit with us though, but Mike wasn't even drinking at all. So, you know, we're just chilling though. We listen to music until whatever, you know what I mean? Mike and Kevin told us that they were about to go kick it with some females that night too. So they're just kind of killing time hanging out with us for a little bit, you know? So as we're doing this, me and Damon, we pretty much going in on the drink. That's what we're known for, you know what I mean? We're known to just drink everything in sight. You know, you, you guys probably have homies like that or whatever, but that's what me and him are known for. We will drink everything that's there, you know what I mean? Even if we didn't pay for the shit. <laughs> so we over there killing the beers and shit and I'm pretty faded by now. And so is, uh, so is Damon. Sometime during, you know, all this, Damon hops up and he's like, man, I gotta go pick up my girl. So I'll catch up with y'all later. I don't know, maybe I'll kick it with y'all, whatever, but I'll catch up with y'all later. So Damon heads out and um, Chris, he hops up. He's like, man, I'll walk with you. You know, so they went out, whatever, they out there talking, whatever. And um, I don't know, maybe a couple minutes later, I don't know, for whatever reason, I decide to get up and I go outside. So I go outside and Chris is just standing there on the driveway and he's like looking down the way and I'm like, are we still gonna hook up later or whatever? You know what I mean? Don't forget about me, you know? Cause I'm really not trying to stay over here at JP's house. He's like, yeah, 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 it's all good. He's like, but the homie over there about to get in a fight. And I'm like, what? You know? And he says, Damon down the street about to get in a fight with a couple dudes. So I can't see shit. I'm fucking drunk than a motherfucker. So I just take off running and I start running in the, the direction that Chris pointed. So I don't even know where the fuck I'm going. And it's dark now, so I'm literally looking down at the sidewalk as I'm running on the sidewalk because where we live, the sidewalks, they dip in front of the driveway. I know some don't, you know, whatever, but these sidewalks dip. So I'm looking down at the ground as I'm running down the street, you know? So I'm running and I'm heading in that direction. And I come up to this like street that's uh, connected to the main road that I'm on. And so the, that, that part of the street that comes out on the main road, I get to that area and I cross the street and I'm on the sidewalk now. So where I'm at 
it's dark. In this area, it's really dark. There's no street lamps, nothing like that. It's, it's dark than a motherfucker. So I'm standing there and I'm looking around and I don't see nobody, you know? So I'm just looking, I'm trying to figure out where the fuck Damon is. And then out of nowhere, this cat comes out the bushes. And he comes out the bushes and it's this big old dude. And I mean, he was taller than me and he walks up and he's like, man, what's the problem? What's going on, you know? And I'm, I'm faded. I'm just like, you know, like, what's up? You know, what's up? What's the problem? I'm basically trying to figure out the same motherfucking thing, you know? And then after that, he takes a couple swings at me. I swing at him. He don't connect. I connect with him. He goes down, okay? So when he goes down, he kind of like does this little turn and then lands down on his hands and knees. So he's his head's facing that way and his back is facing me. So I kind of just like kick him in his ass real quick and I'm just like, get up. And so I'm telling old boy to get up and uh, I'm telling you, everything starts happening simultaneously right then and there. Out of nowhere, Mike runs up and he kicks dude that's on the ground right in the side of the head. So he kind of does this like rollover. He does a rollover and he lays down on his back, you know, and as he's on his back, Mike gets a stomping on him. So Mike's best friend, Kevin, out of nowhere comes in right behind him, you know, like seconds later and starts getting on old boy and stomping on old boy, you know, starts kicking him and stomping on him. So as they're doing this, and like I said, everything is happening simultaneously. So as they're doing this, a truck, a little small truck pulls up right behind me. And um, so it catches my attention. So I turn around and I confront whoever's in the truck dude that's driving the truck tells me, you know what I'm saying? Hey man, why don't y'all leave that dude alone? You know, like that's messed up basically. You know, he's trying to tell us to stop. Me being a dumbass at the time that I was, I tell old boy like, man, what? You want problems too or something? You know what I mean? Like I start getting at him crazy and basically trying to fight him. So as I'm doing that, the passenger that's in the car with him leans up and he's like, hey, what's up, Ron? It's me. So I recognize him as this motherfucking dope fiend that's in our neighborhood, you know what I mean? And he just, just some dope fiend dude that, you know, nobody respected around the neighborhood. So, you know what I mean? I'm basically like, fuck you, you know? And uh, so they see that I'm not like backing down on anything. I'm still trying to cause problems with them. So they kind of just drive off, you know? So as they drive off, I turn around and I look and where, where we were fighting with the dude, I look and no one's there you know i don't see i don't see uh mike i don't see kevin and i don't see the old boy that we were fighting with and like i said it was dark in that area but no one's there i don't hear nothing i don't see nothing so i just turn around and i walk back to jp's house so i get back to jp's house and not even a couple minutes later there's a knock on the door and i go answer the door it's damon he comes in and he's like, hey, Ron, I just walked past that dude back there, man. And um, he don't look so good, you know? And I was just like, oh shit, you know, like I was still kind of faded. So I really wasn't comprehending much, but he was basically saying that dude didn't look too good. Not too long after that, I'm talking about like pretty much back to back. There's another knock on the door and I open the door and it's Mike and Kevin. They come inside, me and Damon just basically tell them what Damon saw when he walked past dude, that he wasn't looking too good. I remember that we turned off the lights and shit, and uh, you know, we was trying to keep a low profile. 
and Mike and Kevin at that time went into the bathroom. I don't know what they was doing in there, you know, but they was in the bathroom for a minute. Not too long after all this was happening, there was another knock on the door and Mike and Kevin, they just decided to run out the back door and they took off. And I go to open the door and it's the girls that we were waiting to kick it with earlier. So they come in and one of the girls, Kim, you know, I was really cool with, I knew her, you know, more than the other chicks, but she comes in and she's like, hey, you know, did y'all do something or something down the street? Cause there's hella cops down there. And I was like, for real, you know, I was like tripping now, you know? So, you know, me and Damon are standing there and I'm like, can you, can you get us up out of here real quick? And they're like, yeah, 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 let's go. And uh, Damon tells me at that moment, he's like, uh, nah, man, I'm gonna just head back to, cause he lives down that way. So he's like, nah, I'm just gonna head back that way. I'm gonna walk down that way, maybe see what's going on. And so he takes off. I hop in the car with the girls and we bounce. So after we left JP's house, I asked the girls if they could take me by Chris's and we went over there. His car wasn't outside, so I wasn't sure what to do next, where to go. Um, Kim suggested that we go to her apartment, hang out there for a little bit until Chris comes by or until we at least get a hold of him. So we headed over to Kim's house and when we got there, we got out the car and we started walking across the parking lot and I saw a helicopter in the sky, man. And I saw the helicopter flying over the area where this all took place. And I just knew right then and there, man, that it was all bad. So we go up to the apartment, we're hanging out there, and the girls are just hanging out, smoking and drinking, and I'm just sitting there, I'm still stuck, and not even knowing what the fuck to do with myself. Um, so I'm just kind of not even really there. Um, they're trying to get me to hang out with them, drink and smoke with them, but I just don't really feel it. So, you know, I never really discussed with them what happened but they kind of knew, they knew something bad happened, they knew something was on my mind, so they were trying to, you know, make me feel better, and they were saying basically, don't worry, Ron, you know, anything happens, we'll say you're with us. So they were taking pictures, trying to make it, you know, seem like as if I was with them all night. And uh, after that, after a little while, there was a knock on the door, it was kind of a loud knock, so I was like, man, it's the police, man, I was tripping. So I ran to the back of the apartment, I was in the back room, you know, just waiting, and I heard Kim open the door, and then I heard this female's voice asking for me, you know, talking about, where's Ron, where's Ron? So I come out the room, and it's this girl, Gina, and she runs up, she gives me a big old hug, and she's like, hey, Ron, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you, please, come outside, come outside. So I go outside with her, and she says, Ron, I was over there where that shit happened, and I saw the life flight come in, and the cops waved the life flight away. She's like, man, Ron, that boy died. And I remember I was just like, fuck, man, it hit me right in my stomach. And I couldn't shake this feeling of the alcohol effects and just feeling nauseous. I remember just standing there stuck. And she was saying things to me. She was saying, you know, if I found you, Ron, they're gonna find you too. She's like, you gotta go. Wherever you need to go, I'll take you. Let's go now though. And I was like, all right. You know, I was just like, okay. And um, so we hop in her car, she got her little family with her. 
and uh, you know, we take off and she's like, where you wanna go? I said, I don't know, maybe a hotel or something. That way I can just, you know, get my head straight and just kind of hide out for a minute and figure out what the fuck to do. She's like, all right, cool. So we start heading off to Fairfield, but as we're leaving Vacaville, we're passing a 7-Eleven and I swear to God, I see this fool Damon and he's outside of 7-Eleven walking and I rolled my window down and I'm like, Damon! And this fool literally just took off running. And I was like, man, what the fuck? You know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So we just kept driving. We went to Fairfield. We were trying to get a hotel room and I had no more money. She had a little bit of money, but not enough to get me a room. So we were kind of just asked out on that. So I was just like, fuck it. Can you take me to my lady's job? I'll just go over there and hook up with her and then I'll figure something out. And she was like, all right, are you sure? Cause it's back in Vacaville. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, just take me over there. So we drive back to Vacaville. She takes me over to my lady's work and I say bye to her and her family. She gives me the little bit of money she had, you know, so I can, you know, put some more money to it and get a hotel room for the night. So I walk in and my lady's there. She's working by herself. She's closing up the place for the night. And I walk up to her and I'm like, babe, you know, something bad happened. Uh, me, and, me and the homies got in a fight and and I tell her the truth. And she was the only person that I ever told my side of the story to um, throughout this whole thing. And so she was the only one that knew my truth. So she closes up shop. We hop in the car, you know, she's like, what the hell? You know, she's tripping out. But I'm telling her the same thing. Like basically, I just need to get to a hotel, think about it, figure out what the hell's going on. So we run to her parents' house. We grab my daughter and we head off to Fairfield again. We got a hotel room for the night and we basically just went in there and crashed out for the night. The next morning I woke up, I asked my lady to go out and get a newspaper because I wanted to see if anything about it was in the news or the newspaper. So she went out, got a newspaper, brought it back to the hotel room. I went through it, there was nothing in it about it, so maybe it was too soon or what, but you know, I was hoping that maybe something good happened, maybe, you know, what I heard about him wasn't true. So I decided to call JP's house. I asked my lady to call over there. She called over there, no answer. Then I told her, hey, why don't we call his mom's house? Cause she lived right down the street. So my lady calls his mom's house, gets his mom on the phone and she puts me on the phone with JP's mom and I'm like, hey, you know, where's JP at? And she's like, look, the police came, got JP and Damon this morning, you know? So I don't know what happened with you guys, honey, but you need to run, they're looking for you. And so I hung up the phone, I was stunned. I was like, fuck, what am I gonna do? At this time, my lady's panicking. We're thinking about our kid, you know? I mean, just our whole lives are changing at this moment, so. We both got a friend who lives in Fairfield, so I tell my lady, hey man, just take me over to homegirl's house so I can just go over there for a minute. I need to get away from you and the baby. You know, I don't want to get you in trouble, so you know, you got to go do your thing. I'm going to go and do my thing, and I'm sorry, but you know, it's how it has to be. So she takes me over to this girl's house. We decide that I'm going to stay here for a little bit till I figure things out. And so I'm out there with my lady and my kid and I'm just basically, you know, hugging my lady and giving kisses to my kid and just basically telling them I love them. And I remember just feeling like this is the last time I'm ever going to see them, you know what I'm saying? Like I just knew 
this is all bad, you know, and I fucked up. My life's fucked up now, you know, and so it's, it's, it's pretty much over. And it was, so it was a sad moment for us. We were both kind of crying and shit. I was just looking at my daughter feeling like shit, like thinking, man, you know what I mean? Like we were trying to build a family and now it's over. So, but I said my goodbyes, we said goodbye. She took off. I went back in homegirl's house and I just basically, you know, was tired, I was stressed, I felt like shit, and I remember just feeling exhausted. And I asked her if I could just pass out right here real quick and, you know, get a ride later and get up out of here, and she said it was cool. So I passed out right there on her floor, and, and that was it. So when I wake up, I get on the phone, I call my homegirl Kim, and I tell her, hey, you know, can you come swoop me? Can you come pick me up? She says, yeah. And she comes through. She comes through with the same girls that she was with last night. And so I hop in the car with them. They're like, where you want to go? We hungry. You know what I mean? We want to go eat. The only person I could think about at the time was an old friend of mine that I knew who lived in Concord. So I told them, if you could take me to Concord, that would be cool, just drop me off there and I'll just go ahead and do my thing. And they were like, cool with it. So they take me to Concord, I get over there, it's my friend Tommy's house. We go up, we knock on the door, Tommy opens the door and we come in and fucking, it just blew my motherfucking mind, man, because look who's standing in the fucking living room, it's Chris. Now, I don't know how the fuck Chris got there, and I don't know where the fuck he came from, but he's standing in the living room right there at this dude's house. So, Chris is just as shocked to see me as much as I am. So, he's like, hey, man, let me talk to you. And I could tell he's, like, in this panic state. You know, he's he looks scared. So, I walk with him to the back of the hall of the apartment, and we're back there, and he's, like, telling me that the cops came to his house like at four in the morning and raided his house. And I'm like, well, what's up? You know what I mean? What happened? And he's like, well, they took me down and they were questioning me, you know, about what happened. And I said, well, what the fuck happened? What'd you say? You know what I mean? He says, well, I told him what happened, man. I told him that Mike and Kevin killed that dude. You know what I mean? They were stomping on him. And I told the police that you were standing next to me on the sidewalk. And I'm like, man, you know, and in this moment, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, I was young and dumb. I really didn't really hear much what he was saying because all I heard was that he was telling and I got angry and I just didn't want to be around this dude. You know what I'm saying? So I just turned around and walked away from him and I walked back out and the girls was out there and the homegirl Kim was like, Ron, she was getting frustrated. She was like, Ron, you know, what are you going to do? Because we hungry. We trying to get up out of here. I was like, let me roll with you to the restaurant. Let me think about this. I don't want to be here. And she's like, what? You know, she was like tripping, but we bounced. We went to this restaurant in Concord. I think it was Denny's. And so we go up in there and we're all hanging out and I'm just sitting there confused, you know, and these girls are ordering their food and shit. I'm not hungry. I don't want shit. Can't think about food. And um, so we're just sitting there and they're waiting for their food. And I can tell that me, I'm fucking bringing the whole group down because I'm just stuck. I remember just looking at one of the girl's kids. She had her kid with her, a little baby with her. And I remember just looking at the baby in the high chair, man. And I remember just looking at the baby thinking to myself about my own kid. And I remember just the tears just started falling, man. You know what I'm saying? And um, they were all sad too. And 
you know, they just couldn't even eat their food. Their food came and they just didn't even feel like eating either. So after a little bit, one of the girls who was driving us around, she started getting blown up on her pager or her phone. I'm not sure, it was 98, so. And, uh, but she started getting messages that Kim needed to call home. So Kim hops up, she goes in the back, hops on the payphone, and she calls home. So we're all just kind of sitting there and Kim's taking hella long and I remember just thinking, man, let me go check on her. So I get up, I go over there to the payphones. She's just getting off the payphone and she's like, Ron, the police have hit my house. They, they went over there looking for you. And my mom said, you know, I need to come home because and if I'm with you, that I need to get away from you because the cops are looking for you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I remember just, you know, that same feeling in my stomach, you know, just feeling like, fuck, man, it's all bad. And uh, so the girls don't even eat their food. We just leave their shit on the table. We go outside, we're standing by the car, and they're like, hey, we'll take you wherever you wanna go, we'll go drop you off. And at this moment, I'm just like, man, I don't think anybody should be around me right now. So I'm telling them, nah, don't even trip, just go, just leave me here. And I remember we're just like giving each other hugs, but like I said, I knew Kim a little bit longer than most of them. So it was kind of sad saying bye to Kim. She was crying. She was worried about me. You know, she was asking me, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want us to take you somewhere? And I was like, nah, 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 you better go because I already got you guys in enough trouble. So they left me there. And I remember when they drove off, man, I just remember that feeling, man, just feeling like, man, I'm alone. You know what I'm saying? I felt like there was no one to turn to. So, you know, I was on my own. But, um, so I just started walking and I walked over to this little mall that I saw and I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna call my mom. So I found a pay phone and I got on the phone and I called home to my mom. My mom answered the phone, she was crying and I was just like telling her mom, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, what should I do? And she was basically telling me the same thing. Like, son, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to do either. She's like, the cops came by, they went through our attic, they, they questioned me and your dad, you know, we're old, you know, we can't be putting up with stuff like this. She's like, I don't know what to tell you, son, I'm sorry. And at that moment, I saw two security guards walking towards me and I kind of panicked and I was just like, mom, I love you, I gotta go. And I hung up on her and I just took off the other way walking. The, the security guards, I don't think they were tripping on me. They just kind of followed me because I looked suspicious. I was by myself. The mall was closing. So they just kind of followed me for a little bit. I left and I just started walking in the direction where I thought Tommy lived. And so I just, it was getting dark. And so I'm walking through these neighborhoods. I'm paranoid as fuck. I'm hopping in bushes every time I see a taxi cab. I'm hiding because I think it's the police. And then um, I come to this park. And there's this, this guy sitting in his truck and his homeboy's on the payphone there. And I walk up to the guy and I'm like, hey man, you know, can I ask you for a big favor? I need to get to this guy's house. I don't even really know exactly where it's at. I can only tell you what it's by. And he basically told me, nah man, we're doing something. We're heading somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like I ain't got time for that. And I was like, I was desperate, so I was begging his ass. I was like, look, I got like two bucks. I'll give it to you. I really need to get over there. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not from around here. I don't know how to get there. He lives by this like 7-Eleven in these apartments and, and uh, it's like a hill next to the apartments. He was like, I know what you're talking about. That's way out my way though. And I was like, man, please. So finally he just gave in. He was like, fuck it, man, hop in. I hop in with him and his friend. They drive me over to that 7-Eleven and I try to hand him my $2. He's like, nah, man, it's all good, man. Keep it, man. And I was like, man, I appreciate you. So I hop out and I remember walking over to the apartments, but I had this weird ass feeling not to go through the apartments the front way. So I decided to hop over the wall in the back and go up to his apartments from the back way. So I do that, I get up to his apartment, it's dark as fuck outside. I knock on the door and he opens the door. No one's there, just him and his roommate. You know, they're just sitting there watching TV. I come in, I sit down, I tell him, hey man, can I use your phone real quick? I got a call for a ride. The, the ladies left me out here. They were like, what, what the fuck? You know, they're tripping. But I was like, man, can I use your phone? So I call my girl and she picks up. I'm like, babe, can you come pick me up and take me to the police station? Cause I'm gonna turn myself in. I decided that I'm not gonna run no more. Fuck this shit. I didn't really do it, you know what I'm saying? So I was a part of it. I'm just gonna go ahead and turn myself in and just get this shit over with, you know? And so she's like, are you sure? All right, I'll come through, you know? And so I tell her where I'm at, give her the address and everything, and I hang up with her. So I go back, sit on the couch with Tommy and his roommate. They got the TV on, and we're just sitting there smoking some weed and shit, and they're asking me if I want something to drink. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. My ride should be here in about an hour. So I'm just chilling with them. And as we're sitting there watching TV, all of a sudden, it's like the 10 o'clock news and shit, and it comes on, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, you see my motherfucking face on the fucking news. And it's running down the story about what happened, you know, a fight, uh, and this guy died from being stomped on the head multiple times, and they're saying basically that I'm wanted for questioning in this homicide. And I'm just like tripping, seeing my, I'm like, I, it was hard for me to believe that it was my fucking face on the fucking news. So I look over at Tommy and his roommate and they're just like, they're just staring at me. And um, his roommate, Tommy's roommate says, did you, did you all really do that? And I'm like, nah, man, I'm already going to turn myself in. That's why I can't use the phone. My girl coming to get me. And I'm gonna go turn myself in right now, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, what? They were like tripping. And so his roommate, I don't know if he had experiences with this type of shit or what, but his roommate was basically saying like, Ron, are you wearing the same clothes you was wearing yesterday? And I'm like, like, yeah. And he's just like, oh, well look, go shower and I'll give you some clothes to wear. So I do what he says, I go in the shower, I shower, and he gives me some sweats and stuff to wear, some other clothes, and he takes all my stuff, puts it in a bag, and he goes outside and he throws it in a dumpster. So I'm just chilling and I'm waiting for my ride, and then all of a sudden the phone rings. And Tommy answers the phone and he's like, hello? And he's like, who? And he's like, Ron. He's like, no, there's no Ron here. And he kind of covers the mouthpiece and he looks at me and he's like, police. And he's like, Nah, he's not here. And he's telling them, nah, I haven't seen him. So he hangs up the phone and he tells me, he says, they say they outside and they got the place around it. They're looking for you, homie. And I'm like, fuck. 
And I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't want to get nobody in trouble. So I tell them, don't even trip. They're looking for me. You know what I'm saying? So I'll go outside. You guys just stay in here and I'll just go outside and just, you know, turn myself in. And they're like, all right, cool, 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 whatever, you know. So I step outside and when I step outside, now mind you, it's probably around 11, close to 11 now, you know, it's, it's, it's dark as hell outside. So I step outside, close the door and I'm standing there in the dark and there's no nobody out there. There's no one, I can't see no one. And I'm standing on the top of these stairs and I'm looking out and I don't see no cops, I don't see nobody. So I start thinking, man, did Tommy just play me or something? But for some reason, I don't know what was inside of me or whatever, but for some reason, I started screaming out loud that I'm unarmed. I started yelling out, I'm unarmed. I ain't got no weapons, you know? And as soon as I started saying that, boom, the lights came on, blue lights, lights in my face, everything. And I'm just standing there with my hands up and out of nowhere at the bottom of the stairs there's this like door entrance that goes out to the garage that's under the apartments so out of nowhere this cop comes out from that door and he's got his gun pointed at me and he yells up shut the fuck up and get down here you know what i mean like he tells me come downstairs so i start coming downstairs i got my hands on my head he's or he's barking orders at me he grabs me slams me against the wall puts my hands behind my back puts the cuffs on pulls me into the garage area and he says, is there anybody else in the apartment? And I say, yeah, but they ain't got nothing to do with it. Y'all looking for me. And then he hands me off to another cop. So that cop starts walking me out and he's walking me to his car. And as he's walking me down the driveway area and to his car, right when we get to his car, guess who I see driving by? My lady and my kid. And they're just driving by real slow. And I remember just standing there in handcuffs, seeing them drive by. And I was like, damn, you know, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. So the cop throws me in the back of the car. And as I get in the car, I tell him, you know, I was gonna turn myself in just a few more minutes and I would have already been on my way to the police station. And he was just like, really? You know, he didn't give a fuck. So, they take me to the police station and they do the, the whole nine. They fingerprint me and everything and they throw me in a cell. And as I'm sitting in the cell, I'm just sitting there. I could see Tommy and his roommate being escorted in and they're getting put in cells too. And I'm thinking to myself like, what the fuck? They didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling bad, but you know how it goes. They snatching everybody up, you know, and this type of thing. They're going to question everybody. So. So I'm sitting in this cell and after a little while they pull me out and they throw me in this room and I go in this room and it's two big ass Vacaville homicide detectives and they're sitting there and they sit me down and they're like, what's up Ron, you know the deal, do you want to talk to us, answer some questions and I just told them straight up, man, I ain't got nothing to say, just take me to jail, I'm ready to go. So he closes his book and he says, all right, cool. Um, do you want to stay here or do you want us to take you back to Solano County? I asked them if they can take me back to Solano County. They say, yep, just hang tight and we'll be getting out of here soon. So I'm sitting there and maybe after 30 minutes or so, they take me, put me in the car. We drive to Solano County, we get there. And when we get there, we go through the booking process. And when I get booked, I notice that I get booked for parole violation. 
So they don't book me for the actual crime, they just book me for the parole violation at this moment. Two days go by, I'm sitting in Solano County Jail, and they call my name one day, and they bring me down, and I go downstairs, and I go back down to the booking area, and receiving and release area, and I'm thinking, man, what the fuck's going on? They put me in a cell, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, this is how you get processed out. So. I had been in this situation where, you know, I had a parole violation and my parole officer had just let me out like that in the same manner. So I'm thinking, man, you know, what? Am I going home or am I getting transferred back to YA or something? So after about five minutes or so, they pull me out and they take me up to the front desk and there's an officer standing there and he's reading me my rights and they're redoing my booking process and right on the screen they're booking me for second degree murder 